welcome to the Reasonable Theology Podcast, where we present sound doctrine in plain language. We're here to help you better understand, articulate, and live out the fullness of the Christian faith. And now, here's your host, Clay Craby. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Reasonable Theology Podcast. My name's Clay, and on this first episode, we want to explore the question, what is the gospel? This is the most important question that any person can ask, and as followers of Jesus, we want to understand the theological depth and richness of our salvation, and we also want to be able to articulate the main points of the gospel to another person. So that's our hope for this first episode of the podcast, is to give you a better understanding of what the gospel is, so that you can turn around and articulate that with confidence to someone else. So let's get started. Now, the word gospel simply means good news. More specifically, the gospel is the good news about how Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. But in order to understand just how good this news really is, we have to start at the beginning, the very beginning. You see, the very first verse of the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything in the universe was created by God, and he's the rightful ruler of all things. Now, as God's creation, we were made to glorify, love, and obey him. Unfortunately, mankind has failed to do so. As the Bible tells us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that raises an important question, what is sin? Well, sin is essentially breaking God's law in thought, word, or action. We're all guilty of failing to do what God has instructed and of doing that which he has forbidden. As a result of our sin against God, we have three very big problems. First, we have a corrupt heart. Ever since sin entered the world, every person has inherited a sinful nature. Essentially, we're born with corrupt hearts. Jesus said that out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, as we read in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 to 22. Think of it like this. Imagine having a tree and noticing that the fruit was bad. But as you look for the issue, you find that you don't really have a fruit problem, You have a root problem. The bad fruit is like our sin. Our sin is the result of a deeper problem at the root of who we are. We have a corrupt heart. We actually want to sin against God. Secondly, our second problem is that we have a guilty status. Each of us has a corrupt heart which leads us to sin, and our sin makes us guilty before God. You see, the great guilt of sin is not so much due to the sin itself, but in who is being sinned against. We describe the worst of evil as being a crime against humanity. Well, how much more evil is a crime against your Creator? We've all failed to obey God, have rebelled against His law, and have sought personal pleasure over God's glory. And as a result, we stand guilty before God, condemned to face the consequences of our sin. That brings us to our third problem. We have a broken relationship. 
Because of the gulf that exists between our sinfulness and God's holiness, our relationship with Him has been severed. You see, we are created as eternal beings. And so unless this relationship is somehow restored, we will remain separated from God for all eternity. You see, God is too holy to be associated with or be indifferent towards sin. In fact, because God is perfectly just, it's simply not possible that he should withhold his judgment on sin. Unless the guilt of sin is removed and our relationship to God is restored, we will endure his just punishment for sin in hell. Well, so far, this is not good news. This is all very bad news. Clearly, we need to be rescued from the power of sin in our lives. But just as a guilty man cannot pardon himself, or a dead man cannot revive himself, we cannot save ourselves from sin. But there is good news. God is not only holy and just, he is also loving and merciful. The entire Bible reveals that God's desire is to gather his people to himself. The question becomes, how can God show love and mercy to the sinner without compromising his holiness and justice. This is where the good news of the gospel comes in. And this good news comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. See, in Jesus Christ, God the Son took on flesh and lived among his creation. As truly man and truly God, Jesus lived as we are commanded to live, in perfect obedience to God the Father. Although he was tempted in all the same ways that we are, he never sinned. And despite never having sinned, Jesus willingly took the punishment we deserve for having rebelled against a holy God. His death was much more than just physical pain and suffering. What Jesus experienced when he was put to death on the cross was the full wrath of God the Father against sin. You see, God did not simply forgive our debt of sin as a bank might waive their right to collect payment from a borrower. Our debt was paid in full by Jesus, and God's justice has been completely satisfied. This is what is meant when the Bible tells us that Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many. But Jesus giving his life is not the whole story. Three days after having been executed on the cross, he took it up again. See, the resurrection is a testimony that Jesus was truly God, that he had conquered sin and death, and that divine justice had been completely satisfied. And one day Jesus will return to right every wrong and restore all that which has been broken by sin. See, this is how God is able to be both perfectly just and wonderfully merciful. Through Christ's perfect sacrifice, he was able to punish sin and forgive sinners. Only Jesus Christ, who was truly God, and truly man could accomplish this. Acts 4.12 tells us, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men 
by which we must be saved. Just as sin brought several consequences, salvation in Jesus brings several benefits. First, we have a new status. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Because Jesus became sin and paid the penalty of sin on our behalf, we have been forgiven for our sin and have been made righteous like Jesus. He not only took on our sin, but we have taken on his righteousness. That's something that theologians refer to as double imputation. Jesus took our sin and imputed his righteousness to us. This is how we have been forgiven of sin and how our relationship to God has been restored. Because of Christ, rather than be declared guilty by God, we are declared righteous by him. Second benefit we have in Christ is that we have a new heart. In the Old Testament, God promised that I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. This was accomplished for us through Jesus. Whereas we once had hearts corrupted by and predisposed towards sin, we have been given a pure heart that is no longer under sin's dominating power. We also have God's Spirit at work within us. We'll never be completely free from sin's influence in our lives on this side of heaven, but we now have the ability to increasingly gain victory over sin in our lives as we seek to glorify and obey Him. Thirdly, we have a restored relationship. 1 Peter 3.18 tells us, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. While the eternal destiny of those separated from God is eternity apart from Him, the eternal destination of those in Christ is to be united with Him forever. Through Christ, our once-severed relationship with God has been fully restored. Rather than receive eternal punishment for sin, which we do deserve, those in Christ receive eternal joy and peace in the presence of God, which we do not deserve. Can you see why the gospel is such good news? So, the question in your mind, I hope, would be, how can all these gospel promises be obtained? One of the most important truths of the gospel is that you cannot earn salvation by your own effort. This undeserved gift from God is called grace. There's nothing you can do to deserve grace. Salvation is a free gift of God, and it is received by us through repentance and faith. In Mark 1.15, Jesus said, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repentance and faith are the means by which we receive the free gift of salvation. They are two sides of the same coin. You can't have saving faith without repentance. You also can't have true repentance without faith. What is repentance? To repent does not simply mean to regret sin or feel bad about disobeying God. 
To repent means that you have a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Repentance, in the biblical sense, means a complete redirection of your life, turning away from sin that we once embraced. Well, when you turn away from something, you necessarily must turn toward something else. In repenting, we turn away from sin and instead turn toward Jesus Christ in faith. And that's another question we have to look at. What is faith? C.H. Spurgeon wrote that faith is made up of three things, knowledge, belief, and trust. Faith in Christ is knowing what Scripture teaches about Him, believing that these things are true, and actively trusting Him as your only hope of salvation. As Spurgeon summarized, faith is believing that Christ is what He said to be, and that He will do what he has promised to do, and then to expect this of him. The Bible tells us to believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. When we believe in Jesus, we are not just believing that he existed as a real historical person. Instead, we are trusting that he is the sinless Son of God made flesh who provided the only way for us to be reconciled to God through his sacrificial death on the cross. Scripture calls on all of us to repent and believe the gospel. The only way to receive the free gift of salvation is to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. Having Jesus as Savior means that we reject all our own efforts at restoring our relationship with God, and we put our faith in him as the only source of salvation. Having Jesus as our Lord means that he's the ultimate priority of our lives and that we live to please him rather than ourselves. So what have we covered in this overview of the gospel? Although we were created by a holy God to honor and obey him, we have all sinned and have all therefore severed our relationship with him. As a result, we have corrupt hearts, we have a guilty status, and we face eternal punishment for sin, separated from God for all eternity in hell. But God, being rich in mercy, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live a sinless life and to die a sacrificial death in our place. After three days, He rose again, declaring victory over sin and death. This is the only means of salvation. It can't be earned by works, but is instead received as a free gift of God's grace through repentance and faith. In fact, Scripture reveals that even the ability to repent and turn to Jesus in faith is itself a gift given to you by God. By turning to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are declared righteous rather than guilty. We receive a new heart to replace our corrupt and sinful one, and we shall spend eternity with him in heaven rather than eternity apart from him in hell. And all of that is very good news. Well, there you have it. There's an exploration of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope that this will help you in articulating what the gospel is to others and in better appreciating what God has done for you through his gift of grace 
in Jesus Christ. Until next time, this is the Reasonable Theology Podcast. My name is Clay, and I hope that this has been a help to you, and I encourage you to listen to our next episode when it comes out. Thanks for listening to the Reasonable Theology Podcast. Be sure to visit reasonabletheology.org for more helpful resources on understanding, articulating, and living out the Christian faith. In addition to the show notes for this episode, you'll find articles, videos, book reviews, and much more. That's reasonabletheology.org. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the Reasonable Theology podcast, go to reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe and get the weekly email. Each week I send out the latest article or podcast episode, and each email also includes a helpful definition to expand your theological vocabulary, a beautiful painting depicting a scene from scripture or church history, a musical selection to enrich your day, as well as the best book deal I've found that week to add trusted resources to your library. Try it out at reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe.